0: Hello, and thank you for joining us for our Watershed Sermon Podcast. Watershed is a worshiping community within Harderwijk Ministries. We gather at 9.45 a.m. in the Anchor Building on the Harderwijk campus on the corner of 160th and Lakewood in Holland, Michigan. We invite you to join us in person when you are able. To learn more about our Watershed community at Harderwijk Ministries, please visit harderwijk.com. So a couple weeks ago, uh, we started off a 10-week series on Spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines is another way we might say it, or faith practices. However you want to say that, uh, but they're, they're Christian things, um, practices that we do, things that we see Jesus doing in his life, Christians doing for millennia uh, to basically do this, to live into life uh, in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ, Right? Uh, as I said a couple weeks ago, it, it's not a over these ten weeks. This isn't a ten point list of check offs to make God happy with you. The whole point of this series is so that we know the doorways, we know the avenues that are available to us as Christians, and maybe you're not even familiar. Maybe you're not a Christian. You say, I'm not a Christian. I'm here this morning trying to figure out this Jesus thing. What do other Christians really believe? I'm not going to buy the news. I'm not going to buy what other people say. I want to figure this out for myself. Okay. Well, guess what? Come in. This is, this is where you get to find out these practices, why they're important for us. Right? We're not interested here at Watershed of going, here's your checklist. Make sure you perform and post yourself. Look really good so that we can all, like, play the game. No, not interested in that. We want you to live into the freedom that's found in Jesus, to the rest we have in him. And these practices of our faith allow us to do that. Allow us, as we sang, to know Jesus as our firm foundation. So as we do that today, we're going to talk about a certain spiritual practice that actually brought me back to the late 80s. So for some of you, you, you weren't even a glimmer in your parents' eyes. was the late 80s and the early 90s. We were all invited to a time. (laughs) Hammer time. In the world of you can't touch this or too legit to quit, MC Hammer invited us all to pray. We need to pray just to make it today. Anybody? Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Now, when we listen to the lyrics, like, it was great. Like, I grew up in Christian schools, the church, so I was like, yeah, sweet. See, I can listen to MC Hammer. See, he wrote a song about prayer. (laughs) Now, if you listen to the lyrics, it might not be exactly what we're going to talk about today (laughs) in regards to prayer. Now, what he gets right is we get to actually talk to God and ask God, right? Like, one of the pieces of prayer is we get to go to God with our knees. Like, on our knees, we get to go to God with the things that are, we need in life, right? But he starts by saying, all my life, I want to make it to the top. That's why we pray. You know, like, okay. So he, he, he kind of reverts to God as this sort of infinite, universal candy machine, right? Like, if we just ask... He'll give. Well, that's not always the truth. But nonetheless, today we're talking about prayer. Now, I think Graham Goldsworthy, uh, many of you will not under- know who he is. Even like, look at how you spell his first name. He's Australian. So that would be different, right? <laughs> but uh, he's an Anglican pastor in Australia. He says that prayer is the fruit of what Christ has done for us. Right, Prayer is not about God as a cosmic vending machine. It's about actually a relationship that has been gifted to us because Christ has opened up the way for us to be restored to the God who created us, who sustains us and loves us. In fact, Graham's, Graham Goldsworthy would say this, especially in a prayer, and how we view prayer. He goes, how we view that relationship. That relationship of prayer with God will determine, in turn, how we come to God in prayer. Right? And, and with what confidence? He said, if actually we understand what Christ has done, we'll, we'll, we'll begin to say this. Prayer will never again be a sentimental excursion. right? So I'll only pray when I'm happy or I'll only pray when I'm sad. It's all, only about sentiment. It's, or it's, it's not going to be an instinctive hitting the panic button. How many of us have done that, right? Like, I pray with according to my feelings or I pray, ah, right? <laughs> red button, red button, red button. He <laughs> says, nor will it be the presumption of an innate right to demand God's attention. Right? Sometimes we think that we deserve something. We, we expect and anticipate because we have a right to it. He says, no, no, no. Right? Prayer will be an expression of our entry into God's heavenly sanctuary, which has been pure, procured for us by our great high priest. Prayer is about relationship. As Christians, do we get to ask yet? Yeah, we'll get to all of that. But fundamentally, when we pray and why we pray is because we have the gift of a relationship with the God of the universe who says, come to me. Says, I love you. I created you. I know you. Your life is in my hands. So as we look at prayer today, I want to take us to Luke 3. And, And this is Jesus' baptism. I've spent years just exploring Jesus' baptism more, and especially around identity. But as I was looking at this text again, something popped out. So let's, let's hear God's word. Luke, Luke 3, starting in verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, so John the Baptist was baptizing all people, and Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. This is short, let me read it one more time. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was open. As he was praying, heaven was open. And as heaven was opened, he got to hear this. The Holy Spirit did send it on him. A voice came and said, you are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. I don't know if there's a greater image for what prayer is than what's found in these two verses. That when we pray, the sign over heaven's doorway says, open. The neon isn't shut off. And not only is the doorway, say, open, but when we pray, our hearts are open to the one who not only said to the Son, you're my Son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased, but because of the Son then says to each one of us, you're my Son, you're my daughter, with whom I am well pleased got me thinking about the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Right? And what happens in the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, C.S. Lewis's great kind of first book to the Chronicles of Narnia. And technically if you want to get into the arrangement of the books, there is a precursor, but it was written later. So anyways. <laughs> What did the wardrobe do, right? It was a doorway into the world beyond the worlds, into Narnia, into the place where Aslan was, into a world where Lucy and her brothers and sister would find out that they were princes and and princesses of Narnia. They had an importance and a value, and they got to know Aslan. They got to know God, right? When we pray, a doorway is open. Now, inadvertently, my mind works in mysterious ways, and I was also taken to the Matrix. In the words of Morpheus, you take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Right? Prayer opens our eyes, like it did for Neo, (laughs) into the real into the world in which God exists clearly, finally, fully. When we pray, heaven is open. I don't know about you, but, but, but if we actually just sit with that, if we rest in that, when you pray, heaven is open. The shop's never closed. The, own, the owner never takes a break. And in that opening, not only do we get to know the one, but we also get to be known. Isn't that the heart of every relationship, to know and be known? Right? To actually develop community where we don't have to hide from each other. We don't have to be afraid of our failings as well as flaunt our successes to try to prove something. We don't have to pander or posture. We just get to be. The beauty of the Christian practice of prayer because of Jesus, that's what we're going to hear today, because of Jesus, is that this relationship is open to us. The same relationship he had with the Father and the Spirit is available to us. And I think that's why Jesus often prayed. Luke 5, um, we hear this. Yet the news about him, Jesus, spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses, right? So Jesus was like showing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. But listen to what happens. This was part of the rhythm of Jesus's life. The God of the world, (laughs) this was part of his rhythm. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed, right? Jesus often prayed. Sometimes he prayed in lonely places and he would instruct us to do that in the book of Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount. Sometimes he would pray with his disciples. But nonetheless, Jesus prayed. He talked to his father. He stayed in relationship with his father. See, he used to be in God's dwelling with the father, inseparable. But when he came on earth, he needed some way to stay in relationship with his father. And what was part of that relationship? It was prayer. And so he would take time out of his busy schedule. He would recognize that an important rhythm to exist in human existence would be to spend time quietly away from the hubbub, away from life to foster the relationship. It was worth it to him. Is it worth it for us? Because again, like I said, he provided a way. Hebrews 10 reminds us of this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, heaven is opened. Right? We have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. By what? A new and living way opened us through the curtain that is his body. Right, his sacrifice on the cross opened a way for us. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. Right, let's just be who we are. Let's come to God, not pandering, not posturing. Just let's come with sincerity and with the full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. And having our bodies washed with pure water. Jesus opened the way for us. As he prayed, heaven was opened. But because of Jesus, as we pray, heaven is open. When he sacrificed himself, by his blood, we are made clean. See, that's all throughout the Old Testament when we read that. We go, who can ascend the mountain of the Lord, as the psalmist said? Only those with a clean heart. Clean clean hands and a pure heart. There we go. (laughs) Clean hands pure heart. Any of you got that? Nope. (laughs) I don't. So guess what? If I can't be holy, if I can't be pure, how do I talk to God? How am I allowed to go to God? Well, back in the day, it used to be through priests and through sacrifices, and then you would have to do all of this to somehow make yourself pure and, and right, we'll, we'll put it that way, right before God. Then you could, but because of Jesus' one-time sacrifice, he goes, you know what, I'm getting rid of this whole priestly. says, I'll be your high priest. It'll be by me, through me, and in me that you can come to the Father directly. So guess what, folks? You don't need to come to me as your pastor to magically pray for you. I don't have any, you know, I'm not going to go, no na, 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 magic potion. There's nothing I can do. any different. But guess what? What I get to do is just pray to God. And guess what? You get to do the same thing. Because Jesus opened the way for you and for me. We're just living into the gift of grace that has been given us. Hebrews 4 would go on to remind us of this. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God. Right? And when Jesus, after being resurrected, went back to his throne, one of his main jobs is to have our backs. To make sure the way stays open for us. The writer of Hebrews says, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Right? Like, we actually have one who understands the human life, the ins and outs of it, the the temptations. And and, and yet, while he's been tempted in every way, Hebrews says, right, he didn't sin. So here's the one who's working on our behalf. He hasn't failed, even though we have. And guess what? He goes, by the way, you're going to get my rightness. And because I could overcome, don't you think I can overcome on your behalf? Don't you think I can work for you? And uh, man, I got your back. I don't know. I want to pray when I know God's got my back. I want to pray when I know that God, like with Jesus, says, you're my child whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. When you know your parent loves you or your auntie, your uncle loves you, your grandma, your grandpa loves you, man, you're not afraid to go to them, are you? Run and give them a hug to climb on their laps. Right? Jesus didn't sin. So verse 16, let us then approach God's throne of grace. Right, We didn't earn this. It's a free gift, though. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hammer is absolutely right. we got to pray just to make it today. <laughs> Amen? But it's so much more. We're going to receive that help and that need. But we can go to God's, com- like, to God's throne because Jesus is actually our confidence in prayer. It's not about how good I am. It's not about, do I have the right words? It's not about, did I formulate all of my thinking? It's not about, actually, do I have doubts or don't I have doubts? Because actually, the act of prayer is faith itself. Hebrews remind us, that's what we're going with, faith. And Jesus says, faith is small as a mustard seed. That can move mountains. Why? Because it's God who's done it. Jesus is our confidence in prayer. Our great high priest is our confidence You and I get to go to our daddy's throne because Jesus made the way possible and because he was right, because he was pure, because his sacrifice did it all for us. Because he's clean, we're clean. And because God would listen to him, God will listen to us. You're my son, my daughter, with whom I'm well pleased, the one I love. And we pray today not because of the confidence of an answer, not because it's God's a cosmic vending machine who will just give us what we want. It's because we get to commune with the infinite, almighty, unlimited, holy, universal, eternal, most powerful God who knows every hair on your head or every hair that used to be there. That knows you and loves you and just wants you to be with him he gave of himself to make it happen and this is where paul says in philippians 4 I, I know i i brought us to this verse back in advent and i think we can revisit it but paul says rejoice in the lord always and if i know god is what I may not always have a reason from all kinds of things going on in my life. You may not understand that. But if if I know that God is with me, God is for me, God will never leave me, that God is love to me, God is my hope, like the list goes on. Do I have a reason to be thankful and joyful today? Do I have a reason to rejoice? When we sing the songs in worship, you may not feel it, but it is the truth. Right? And so we sometimes rejoice, even though I don't feel like it, because when I rejoice in the truth, all of a sudden it becomes a pathway for that joy in my life, because ultimately it's building a relationship with a God who created me, is for me, sustains me, and will never let me down. Brothers and sisters, that's good news for you, for me, for the world. Paul says, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Right When we know God, it will transform our lives. But listen to this really short sentence. The Lord is near. More that, Paul would say, not only is the Lord near, but the Holy Spirit is living within you. God is near. And the open sign is always shining bright above the door. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, not just the ones that cause anxiety, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. God wants to hear what's on our hearts. And then what? The peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer is a doorway not only into the dwelling of God, but into the ultimate peace of God. Into the shalom. Into the kingdom that's bigger than the king, the empires of this earth. Right? It's a doorway. As we're going to celebrate communion today. That's a doorway as well. Into a reality that's the red pill kind of reality in the Matrix. Right? When, when we see that Aslan is still on the move and, and the winter is turning to spring. The reality of prayer is that we get to enter into into the one who has made all things right, who will make all things right, and can make things right in us, around us, and in this world. When we pray, heaven is open. When we pray, we get to step into the peace and the shalom, the long, deep breath of God. And I don't know about you, what a gift in the midst of a crazy life. In the midst of a crazy world. In the midst where we know sin has been defeated and yet sin still rears its head. Satan's still seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. But we know because of Christ, we have a firm foundation. A rock on which to stand. And everything else around me is shaken i 've never been more glad because I put my faith in Jesus, and he 'll never let me down. He 's faithful in every season, so why would he fail now? He won't he won't. Now, I know some of us wonder, you know, hey, maybe I, I still struggle, How do I pray what? And I'm always going to tell you this. Pray. (laughs) like Talk. Pull up a chair next to you. Find an empty chair. Use your imagination. It's okay to use your imagination. Imagine God sitting right next to you as close as you are to me. The person sitting next to you. Because actually Christ is closer. And talk. Just talk. If you want some structure um the disciples want instructor they said lord teach us to pray we spent a whole summer talking about it but if i could boil down the lord's prayer it'd be this use the acronym pray right spend some time praising god why do we praise god like right our father who art in heaven hallowed be holy is your name for thine is the kingdom the power the glory forever Right? What we're doing is we're orienting ourselves to the God that we know to be true. The God that we know to serve. Because guess what? My life can confuse my picture of God. I need to be reoriented. Whether that's through worship, whether it's through prayer, whether it's through the scripture. We're going to talk about that next week. But we praise God to, to not only give glory to God, absolutely, but to let God basically speak truth back To us about who he is so we can go man my god is my daddy that loves me and he's never going to turn his back on me and so and somebody might say well i I had a terrible dad growing up i've got a terrible i can't use that image and i can say actually you can you can let god redeem that image because god was better than and is more pure and right than you ever experienced than i could ever imagine and when we give ourselves to the truth the truth transforms we praise God. We repent. We say, Lord, hey, God actually goes, you can bring your failings to me. You know, there's a reality in which uh, when we celebrate communion, many people, I've known many to, to refuse to take communion because of their sin. And you know what I say to that? That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. Satan's wanting to tell you, you don't deserve to come to the table, so don't. I'm going to say, well, you got one part of it, right? You don't deserve to come to the table because none of us do. But that's what grace is. You don't deserve it, and yet God says, come, join me at my table where my blood is shed for you, where my life, my body was given for you. Yeah, you don't belong here by the world's standards. But you absolutely belong here because you're my child, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. You're welcome here. But we get to say, God, I'm sorry. We get to say, God, I need. I, I am going my own way. I can't seem to overcome the temptation, right? Lead, Lord, forgive us as we forgive others. We may need to say, Lord, help me forgive others. <laughs> but then that kind of leads us into the A, they ask, right? And lead us not into temptation. Lord, we get to say, God, give me my daily bread. Lord, we get to say, God, we want to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We want to see your ways be our ways. And that leads us to the yield. For thine is the kingdom. Right? It's yours, Lord. Lord, may your will be done. Not mine. So if you need some help, some structure, pray. (laughs) Just talk or pray. As we think about the Lord's Prayer this morning, and again, the Lord's Prayer is Jesus sets up a framework for us to pray. We can pray these words um, and we can use these words to craft our own prayer. But before we go into communion, I'd like to invite you to pray these words that Jesus taught his disciples and teaches us. Let's let's pray these words together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen thank you for listening to learn how to get involved in our watershed community or how to support Harderwijk ministries please visit us at harderwijk.com